Show. What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Well, all right, <clears throat> let's do it. First good day of the week, right? In today, Wednesday, it's all kinds of turned around for no particular reason. This is the Stone on Air show, the somewhat for-profit joint venture known as Stone on Air, all one word. Here on the flagship, 92.7 online at stoneonair.com. Nothing overly important to get to today, but still an hour worth of content to fill, which I am happy to do. My name is Brian. His name is Keon. He's with me uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 10 until 11 and we just kind of play around on the radio. It's basically what I've been doing for going on 20 years, and it works, well, sometimes better than others, but uh, generally speaking, it works out pretty good. It does look like coming up here in the uh, as we flip the calendar into May that this will be a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, uh, adventure is what it looks like uh, as the uh, the Thursday paid programming is not going to be a thing um, going forward, not for any particular reason other than just that's just the way the world turns. Shows come, shows go. I've had shows come, go, shows go, and so is everybody else. That'll be uh, more into May. So we'll uh, bounce around and talk about that more once we solidify and finalize how that's going to go. Once upon a time... I or I guess not just once upon a time, but my entire life. I you know continuity is a is a, an important thing, and Monday through Friday is uh, kind of the way things usually get scheduled. But in a <clears throat> in a pirate ship, as I call this radio station, I, I mean that it, in, in no negative connotations at all. <clears throat> Sorry, I uh, this is just a little bit of a different animal than than most other radio organizations in the city. Uh, are and that's so much good about that and just like anything else in life there's plenty that's not necessarily good about it It just depends on on what the situation is but more on that as we get closer to may i'm going to try to work as little as possible here in april because it's this is my month this is my time this is my my uh my season i'll uh i'll have a show for you on monday but it won't be me here live not sure what it'll be i think it'll be the best show you've ever heard in your life I think that'll be true. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But uh, I'll be taking a long weekend coming um, up this weekend and Friday. Though I will be here live and in person, and it is going to be a fun late morning because your next, I believe, I hope your next mayor. We'll see how the polls, you know, how how that goes next Tuesday. But uh, Tim Kelly, candidate for mayor of, t- of the city of Chattanooga, is going to be in studio with uh, myself and Keon on 
Friday. So that's going to be fun. I've had Tim in countless times over the years for things ranging from soccer to uh, entrepreneurship to um, Bonnaroo to Pearl Jam. You know, what, whatever. We, we've, we've talked lots of different topics. We'll have two segments. Those two segments will evaporate in no time, and I'll try to get the best out of those two segments. Tim Kelly, he wants to be your next mayor. He's going to be in studio right here at Nougat Radio 92.7 on Friday around 10.15 or so. Make an appointment to be here for that, or you can download the show anytime at stoneonair.com. Let's take a look at a few things here real quick as um, I am already quickly running out of time here in the open segment. <clears throat> I've got the, uh, in the second segment of the show, I'm going to spend some time on the, I forget the cop's name in, in Minneapolis, the former police officer, um, but the George Floyd case. Derek Chauvin. That's right. And I'll forget it again between then. Thank you, Keon. Um, it's less about him and more about where we're at in America in, from a, a, a overall grand scheme of looking at racism in America, I'm only going to put those together because they naturally fit. It's less about that trial and more about an anecdote I have from uh, an interaction with somebody who I technically respect and have known for a long time. Just we'll put a pin on that, spend a, an entire segment on, on that uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes from now or so. And in the final segment of the show, um, Sears <clears throat> shoe store is shutting down in north georgia and uh I'll, I'll touch on a few other things to to wind down the show in the third segment but that's one thing i'll talk about i used to buy shoes from there all the time and uh that there's a sm- small little uh piece of me inside that's dying because of that but last night i was um i was sitting at my desk for three hours probably Around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. That's about the time I usually sit down the night before to try to start piecing together what I'm going to do the next day. And my brain was mush. It just was not working. I couldn't come up with anything quickly other than, hey, look at the headlines and talk about them. I mean, anybody can do that. Um, and that's basically what I'm doing today. But there's, I know a lot of musicians, and I've, you know, I know the music world enough to know there's, there's uh, what would be called writer's block. When it's like, hey, especially you get these out of these Nashville uh, session types that really their whole job is to, yeah, make up music at home and and try to be, you know, try to try to produce great music and and try to, uh, you know, that, that's what you do basically almost every minute of your day. But there's a lot of these guys and gals that go into work quite literally like clock in for a nine to fiver and maybe it's not nine to five but you get my point a day's worth of work where they have to sit down right today write music like that's your job today i've interviewed a couple of people where i um i didn't realize that was kind of what they did anderson east is uh, is one that comes to my head quickly he is a, a prominent name out of uh, the southeast and nashville music but he, he he literally goes to work every day to write music whether it's jingles for uh crest toothpaste or whether it's uh, a song for Waylon Jennings, right? Like it's like produce catchy music today. And hopefully, you know, here's your script, write song about white middle-aged man loses younger woman and then gets a job promotion. Like it's quite, it's, it's quite literally that specific at times. 
And most times, all these hit the cutting room floor, and none of these musicians end up doing anything other than wasting their time all day long. And then maybe some of that translates into their own music. Anyway, all that to say, so many times you talk to these people, and it's like, hey, you've got to make something that's gold today. And they just, they their mind blocks them out. They just can't do it. Writer's block is a real thing. And I'm not trying to act like I'm some hot shot out of Nashville who writes music for Waylon Jennings. Just saying, sometimes it's like, hey, let's do a really interesting show tomorrow. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. And that's kind of where I was last night. But um, today's National Beer Day, I just heard. Uh, I guess that's cool. I've got the latest from the desk of 45. Might get to that, might not. Uh, I guess I wasn't here yesterday, so a little quick uh, day after as far as the national championship game goes on Monday, Gonzaga, they can't win all the games, I guess. Nobody generally wins all the games. And uh, my excitement going into that, Baylor beat the hell out of them. And Baylor's that damn good. And I didn't realize that Baylor was like transfer you, transfer university. That's kind of how that team was built. Am I am I reading that right? You, you are correct via the transfer portal. And there's a lot of people I think that were a little, I don't know what t- basketball types necessarily that were kind of critical of the way that this team has been assembled over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have an opinion either way. You I just can heard. be critical of it, but the transfer portal exists. You can use it. They used it. There's a lot of people saying that they, if there was a tournament last year, Baylor would have been probably the top pick to win the tournament last year. Also, so that's how good they've been. Yeah, they, they've been good for a while. They're not a flash in the pan, and I, I knew that. I knew that they were technically good. I just hadn't seen it with my own two eyes. Yeah, I'm a big, big, big 12 guy, so I watched a lot that's of That's right, you're, you're Texas. Yeah. How in the world is they now just the only second Texas state, the state of Texas team, to win a national championship? I've got that right, correct? Yes, uh, is that lot, all? All black uh, school, low level school from what the seventies or sixties or something? Yeah, it was it was the uh, the the UTEP? Yeah, that's now yeah, yeah. now El Paso. Yeah, right? that's the only other school. <laughs> yeah, ten eight years old when I found that out, and that gigantic state Baylor's the first major yeah, college. Yeah, and to with win. with all the different conferences and all the different schools and basketball programs and money that's flying around. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, crazy. And I mean, the the Baylor women have won a couple of championships, uh, but men teams in that entire state, Baylor's the first major college to win a championship. All right, let's take a look at this real quick. Uh, I got the most confusing thing, the realest thing, and the most unlikely thing. We'll start with the confusing thing. Right now, the boycotting of, of things in Georgia because of the voter law that was bill that was passed, both sides are saying boycott all the same places. I don't even know where this is coming from exactly in this. Buttercream Dream is what he called it. Corey Forrester from uh, TikTok. Boycott Coca-Cola? Boy, I tell you what, I never thought I'd see this day, but here we are. Boycotting Coca-Cola. I am done. I will never. I'm going to throw out every single Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola I have in the fridge. I'll keep the ones... Uh, I'll keep the collector bottles with John Smoltz's picture on them that we got in the 90s, but only because that's where Maymaw's ashes are. But other than that, I'm done! But other than that, f*** you. 
I'm done. It ain't gonna be no more. I'll tell you what, as soon as they stopped putting cocaine in these, I knew these motherfuckers was going downhill. Only thing I'm gonna drink from now on is pure grain alcohol out of an athletic Gatorade bottle, baby. Just I can't even figure out what side that's coming from uh, here on Nougat Radio 92.7. But left and right both are saying boycott all the Georgia companies. Whatever. Today's realest thing, this is Politics Girl. What a, at Politics Girl on TikTok and Twitter. What if politics was played like baseball? Today's realest thing. Sorry, Kim. I think we have to start looking at politics like sports. Say, baseball. If I'm playing baseball against your team and I get a base hit, and as soon as I get to the base, the first baseman shivs me in the gut, the game shouldn't continue. If the next player up to bat hits a home run, but as the ball goes into the stands, the shortstop pulls another ball out of his pocket and just throws it home, what are we even doing? These are not the rules of baseball. And if one team can only win by cheating and abhorrent unfair tactics, you don't keep playing with them. You're not like, well, what can we do? Um... You have two choices. You can either refuse to play until they follow the rules or play by their rules. Either way, you acknowledge what is actually happening and you deal with it. The Republicans are that vicious team. They play dirty and hard and they make up their own rules so they can win. Bipartisanship, like sports, only works when both parties are operating in good faith and under the same set of rules. That is not what is going on. And we have to wake up before we find everything we care about, down to democracy itself, bleeding out in the grass. All right, I got to move quickly here. The most unlikely thing, it's a mashup of Rage Against the Machine and Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. Uh, this is fun. Unlikely thing on Nuga Radio. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces I used to do that a lot on the podcast, uh, different mashups. Um, I guess everything's in a 4-4 beat for the most part, so you can kind of put everything in to whatever beat you want. But uh, I thought that was fun, the most unlikely thing today on Stone on Air, the flagship 92.7 on Nuga Radio and StoneOnAir.com. Coming up next, racism in America, the, the trial in, Min- in Minneapolis, and George Floyd, impartial juries, who does what, who knows what, who thinks what, and um, just an overall meandering through what is a major issue in, the, in America these days and has been for 250 years, racism. We'll talk about that next. Radio 92.7. If the subject is offering no resistance, obviously, then no neck restraint would be authorized. That's correct. Or any restraint. Or any. Or, or any restraint. If there's no. Yeah, generally, no. Okay. Sir, is this an MPD trained neck restraint? No, sir. Has it ever been? Not to my neck restraint? No, sir. Is this an MPD authorized uh, restraint technique? Uh, a knee on the neck would be something that uh, does happen in use of force that isn't unauthorized. And under what circumstances would that be authorized? How long can you do that? I don't know if there's a time frame. It would depend on the circumstances of the time. Which would include what? The type of resistance you're getting from the subject that you're putting the knee on. And so if there was, uh, say for example, 
the subject was under control and handcuffed, would this be authorized? I would say no. This is the drive-by truckers. The song is called I Used to Be a Cop. This is Stone on Air on the flagship 92.7 and online at stoneonair.com. That was testimony from, it just said from the uh, description on the TikTok video that I found it, a use of force instructor in Minnesota. Didn't have a name, but it was clearly from the trial Yesterday's version, anyway, or one 60-second stretch of questions from the George Floyd murder trial. And I'm going to go a couple different directions on this um, for this segment. Likely won't take a phone call, but I, I will consider it at Ameritel Voice and Data Hotline that we have here, 710-9927. Time flies, whether you're having any fun or not, and that's going to happen here very very quickly so consider that option if you'd like if you feel like you have something to bring to it that's fine if not save it for another time um there's there's certain professions i'm brian he's keon i think i've covered all the bases here uh there's certain professions where if you're no longer in that profession i probably unfairly question why and Law enforcement is one. Uh, the, the the field of lawyers and attorneys is another. Education, if you are a, especially when it comes to elementary and high school uh, education, not as much professors into the university system. I don't, I don't question that as much. I'm not sure why, other than I I just don't. Uh, there's plenty others, but those are the three that jump off the page to me is if that is the profession you got into, it is very likely you got into it because you are very passionate about that profession and you likely didn't voluntarily leave those positions. If you're a 10th grade history teacher, you know, at Ultawa high school or East Ridge or signal mountain or help Baylor or Macaulay, wherever, if you're a 10th grade science teacher, calculus teacher, you probably didn't leave that profession because you just got tired of it. Now, I'm sure some did, but probably not. If you got into law enforcement and you're just a patrol officer, you might have got tired of the of the lower pay and the disrespect you might be, be given by the riffraff that's on the streets, but probably not. Because if you had a better option in life, to make, you know, $36,000 a year, I'm making up numbers, to patrol the streets of Ringgold Road, you probably would have taken that. Same deal in all these different examples I'm giving. And I'm not trying to demean anything. I don't, I don't make a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not a wealthy man. I, if, if I could do something else that made more money, I would do it. I just can't at this point in my life, or at least can't might be wrong. I don't really want to. So when when a when a passion based industry, somebody from that industry is removed from that position, 
I always question why. And, and, and for me, it would be this radio gig. It's a passion-based labor of love. Not making any, not making any real money here. I, I'm not I'm not funding any uh any major projects or you know putting kids through school or doing anything uh, monetarily that's really helping all that much. It's a labor of love. It's a passion based business. So is education. So is law enforcement. So is uh, military. You know the the uh, armed forces. It's a very passion based uh, occupation. And so when people who who clearly don't do it for the money, clearly don't do it for the money, and then get removed from that setting, I always wonder why. And I immediately go, my head goes to the worst possible scenario. Abuse of power, manipulation, and just overall uh, negligence. And we could all get fired from our job from overall negligence, But some of these lawyers, educators, law enforcement, armed forces are given different styles of power that most of us that walk around don't have any idea what it's like. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean much to most, but it means a lot to that person. So anytime I hear about, hey, oh, they used to be a cop. Why did they used to be a cop? Why aren't they anymore? What did they do? Who is this person? What makes them tick? What makes them what what makes them get up every day and tie their shoes and walk out the door every day? And that's a long way of just saying that I don't know if this uh, the officer that's up for trial for the George Floyd murder is a good guy or a bad guy, but I do wonder what the motivation is of the everyday person in any in any walk of life. And then I start to look at different things about that. I've, I've spent no time talking about this trial on the air and on the podcast because I don't know, I don't, I don't have any, it's not that I don't have strong opinions on it because I do, but it's just one of those, I just don't want to go down that road if I don't have to. All the way from, there's so many layers to this. There's the, the impartial jury aspect of this of this story how are we going to find an impartial jury if you find 12 people i guess i think that's how many are on most juries you find 12 people that have never heard of george floyd you find 12 people that don't have any biasness to this that don't that don't have any information on this don't know about the 27 million insane dollars on the uh the 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 money given to the family from the state of Minnesota, from the city of Minneapolis, if you don't know any of these things, do I really want you to be a jury? Do I want a police officer who I know nothing about who might not be guilty? I don't know. I mean, we've all seen the same video footage. But do we want people who don't know anything about this to be in charge of whether this man is or isn't guilty of this? You've never heard of this? You don't know anything about this? You haven't heard, you don't, you don't have social media. You don't own a smartphone. You don't look at the news. You don't know anything about you. Are you just, can you tie your shoes? Can you count to 10? Can you say the alphabet? Do we want people that are this removed from reality to be involved in this? I'm asking that as a legitimate question. I don't know. I've never been on a jury. I'll never, hopefully never be on a jury, a jury. And, um, the court of law is a messy, messy place. 
And I get trying to get the biased nature out of there, but I mean, OJ kind of set the set the tables here for where we're at for the last thirty five years of of how we jury select and and how race comes into this. How do you get an impartial jury? How do you, is I don't believe that it is possible. And so I agree with the judge in Minnesota who didn't move it to another state to another area of the of the country because everybody knows about this. It set off an entire movement and then riots and looting throughout the course of last summer. There's not a person who can put two and two together on any given day who doesn't know all about this. So are the jurors lying when they're asked, are you, are you familiar with this? I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Are, is, that a, is that a lie? Or are they that clueless? I don't know which I'd rather have. Do I want a bald-faced liar on the, amongst the 12 angry men? Or do I want people who literally don't pay attention to anything in life? There's just so many angles to this that are borderline fascinating and part of the reason why I haven't gone down the road. You got cops that might be bad cops. You've got innocent bystanders who've got their stories. You've got video all over the place. We've all seen all of that. Then you got jurors that quote unquote have never heard of such a thing. Uh, who's George Floyd? Never heard of it. And then you've got the core base of all this, which is racism. This country is so racist, it is sickening. I, I, I'm just an oblivious, dumb, middle-aged white man who recently has realized that racism is as thick as it's ever been and as strong as it's ever been. And I didn't just realize it today or last year during the, the election or the last four years of a demagogue as a president I noticed it from 2008 on. What turned America so racist? Oh, well, a black man is president. That's that's what turned us more racist than we've ever been. And the the dumb racists were always camped out and hidden over here and said what they say in front of, you know, the people they felt comfortable around. But it was the emboldened nature of 2015 and on until now. We're now hiding it is not is not important anymore. It doesn't ma- it doesn't matter to these people anymore. They've been emboldened for going on over a half decade. I'm gonna give you an example of why. I got three minutes before I gotta wrap up this segment. Here, time flies, whether you're having any fun or not. Brian, Stone on Air, ninety-two point seven, stoneonair.com. I was talking to a guy yesterday. I consider pretty close to dear friend. I won't tell you where, why, how it all comes together because I don't want this to get out that I'm talking about it on the air. They don't listen anyway. We're talking about the basketball game on Monday. And I'm, 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 I was borderline infuriated by this. I just swallowed it and walked away. But we were talking, it's so simple. Just, oh man, I can't believe. Country, good old boy out of Cleveland. I can't believe, uh, you know, that game went that way. Talking about Baylor beating the hell out of Gonzaga. It's like, you know, I really like Gonzaga. They were they were fun to watch. You know, they got, they got a lot of white guys on that team. I like I like that team. You like that team because they have a lot of quote-unquote white guys on the team. 
This is the kind of guy that'll tell you that he'll never watch the NBA again because of social justice messages, though he never watched the NBA to begin with outside of Michael Jordan probably in the mid-90s because he was just one of those black guys that was really good. This is really simpleton racism. He, he's telling me this either for two, one or two reasons. One, that he does not realize that what he's saying is racist because he's been so emboldened by the, the, the temperature of the room of the United States of America that this isn't actually really racism. Or, or A, or B, he thinks we're on the same side. You know, the guys that say the N-word when only their white friends are around. Oh, I got dozens of those friends. I've been, I've been around these people my whole life. Hey, he gets it. Hey, nod, nod, wink, wink. I like Gonzaga because they got a lot of white guys on the team. That's how that conversation about the national championship game started on Monday, or on Tuesday, I should say, first thing the next day after the game. So, I went a long way to really go nowhere. I'm still standing in the same place. It feels like I walked 10 miles to really still be standing in the same place. Bad cops, racism in America, dumb white people don't even understand what racism even is. That's how stupid they are. Or then racists that just don't think it's any big deal. That's what makes that story, the conversation of the trial of the murder of George Floyd so difficult to talk about. Clean this one up a little bit and then um, wrap up the show coming up next. My name is Brian at Stone on Air on the flagship 92.7 and stoneonair.com. You guys got the vaccine. Which one did you get? Pfizer? Nice. Boyfriend got Pfizer. Brother got Pfizer. I got Moderna, but dad got Moderna. Mom got Pfizer. Uncle got Pfizer. Grandma got Pfizer. Yeah, nice, nice. What about you? Johnson & Johnson? Yes, Just a little nonsense I found on uh, TikTok. We're now uh, COVID-19 vaccine shaming. A little bit here and there. This is Wilco. The song is called Shot in the Arm. The ashtray says you were up all night. Once upon a time, I could identify with that all day long. It's New Radio 92.7, Stone on Air and StoneOnAir.com. It is fun. Funny. Not funny. Ha ha. To listen to people, the dullards of the world, talk about vaccinations and the companies that produce them, like they're uh, <laughs> like they're vaccination experts. That's just what we've turned into in this uh, in this silly, 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 dumb, 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 dumb country. Uh, no matter what the headline is, we're all experts. We're all infectious disease experts. We're all political scientists. We're all uh, gun safety and and or lack thereof experts, depending on what the, the story is of the day, the story is of the month, the story is of the second. Uh, but I've, I've, 
Where I work, man, that's kind of coming where I was just talking about the the George Floyd thing and the I like Gonzaga because I got a lot of white guys on the team. Um, just, I'd say I was, I'm surprised. I'd say that it blows my mind, except I'm not. It doesn't. Uh, it's 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 pretty predictable stuff. And in you know just rural or not so rural America, in a in an office setting. You, you just, you really get, you get some of the most asinine conversations in, in earshot that you're going to get anywhere else. It is so, so ridiculously, mind-numbingly stupid of just, of just what people do to pass the time. And part of that is, Talk to people about how they like Gonzaga because they have so many white guys on the team. Or talk about, you know, Moderna. I got Moderna. That one's better than Johnson Johnson. Johnson Johnson. I heard they said that Johnson Johnson does this. I, I got Pfizer. They said that Pfizer, I'm hearing, again, anytime you ever hear, they said, or here's what they're, here's what I'm hearing, here's what I heard then you need to run away from that conversation immediately. As I'll always respond to that, I don't care what you heard. I don't care what they said. I want to know what you know. I want to hear what people actually know, not what they said. So I've been hearing a bunch of, yeah, Johnson & Johnson and Moderna. Dirk, Dirk, shut up. Just shut up. Shut right up. With your Gonzaga, because they got a lot of white guys on the team. Fandom. Get out of here. Just get out of here. I'm Brian. He's Keon. Just got a few minutes here left. We'll wrap up the show here on a Wednesday. Uh, Coming up on Friday, Tim Kelly. He wants to be your next mayor. He is going to be in studio with me, and I am excited about that. He actually reached out to me. I did not want to get into the interviewing all the mayor's uh, weeds. All the mayor wannabes, I should say, weeds, certainly not when there was 15 of them. And I'm not even for a second going to consider doing that. Um, I would I would talk to Kim White if she wanted to. I've been told. I didn't reach out myself. Here's what they said. Here's what they're saying. Except these are people I trust within the uh, walls of this radio station. That uh, I believe she's uh, represented by Waterhouse. Albert, I think it's Albert Waterhouse. They're, they're uh, a firm. And they said, no, no, thank you. Music to my ears. That means I don't have to worry about whether somebody does or doesn't want to come on. They don't want to. Cool. Fine. Whatever. I think Kim White would make a fine mayor. And I don't live in the city, so I'm not overly excited about it either way. Uh, not to interrupt your flow, but we got a, a traffic report. Yeah, let's do it. On the, on this the is Nuka Raider 92.7 Stone on air. What's going on out there on the roads? Yeah, good morning, <clears throat> Brian and Keon. If you're on 58, heading east, a major accident just happened. Actually, just right in front of my eyes. Uh, okay, wow. Uh, one of one of Chattanooga's finest drivers, I say that facetiously, pulled out and T-boned a truck, and he flipped about five or six times. And he's on the side of the road right down from Food City. If you're heading east, it's about a mile before Food City, so be alert. Police are there. Traffic is beginning to be tied up. And uh, from what I can see, there's no major injuries or fatalities. And this is on Highway, 50, uh, Highway 58 near the Food City, you said, right? Yeah, Highway 58 going towards Harrison. Yeah, so uh, away away from the interstate going that 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 direction on Highway 58. Correct. Yeah, going east, and it's uh, just just past or just before 
food city just after the lake. So just be aware of that. You can avoid that. There's many multiple roads you can take to avoid that area. Just want to let you guys know you sound good. Great job, guys. And uh, have a good day. Bye. Thank you very much. I appreciate, I appreciate it very much. That's the Maritel Voice and Data Hotline, 710-9927. We will uh, grab calls here and there, and I appreciate that update, 58. 58 Highway, as they call it. It's not Highway 58. It's 58 Highway. That's how you got to refer to it here if you're if you're a local. Uh, I, I jokingly say, um, flippantly say regularly that I make up the nuts. I always make up the number. For the 3,235th time, I avoided a major, I, 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 uh, I, I, kept us from having a major highway snarl because of my impeccable driving skills. There are so many. It's not that there are so many bad drivers. There's so many bad people out there. There's another saying of mine. There's no such thing as bad drivers, just bad people. If you're a bad driver, you're a bad person. <laughs> the, the, your, uh, your faults do not stop at your ability to drive. Your faults in life are plentiful. You have ample faults in your life if you can't drive well. Because driving is so incredibly easy. If driving isn't the most simple thing you do the minute you walk out the day, door every day, if you're not thinking to yourself, man, the easiest thing I have to do is operate a vehicle today, everything else will be more difficult today than me operating this vehicle then you're the bad person I'm talking about, and you're the person who's going to snarl up Highway 58 near the Food City on April 7th, 2021, at 10.54 in the morning. So keep a, keep an eye out if you're in that direction on uh, on Highway 58 and 710-9927 anytime. If you want to give us a, a heads up what's going on, we'll take that phone call. If you want to just you know pipe bomb the show, Come in and say something dumb that doesn't have anything to do with anything. We're not going to take that phone call, but we'll take any that uh, that matters. So, real quick, um, let's see. Sears Shoe Store. I got a mailer in yesterday, or within the last week or so, in the mailbox that said, you've been picked to come to the liquidation sale of Sears Shoe Store before the uh, to, on, to the public sale mentions go out. Well, I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that at all. I got the mailer because I've purchased shoes from Sears Shoe Store once upon a time. And it's in North Georgia, and it does get confused with Sears Roebuck a lot. These this, the, the family's name is Sear, not Sears. So when they pluralize Sears Shoe Store, that means because they own it. They're in possession of the shoe store. So uh, how they've gotten a deal with the possible uh, the, the the law base around that when people regularly think, Sears, what do you mean Sears shoe store? What, do you go to the mall and you go to Sears? No, 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 no. It's this little place in North Georgia uh, right across the street from like an Arby's or something. It's not too far down off of 2A. Uh, and it was the place to go to get an amazing collection of, of, of of shoes, boots and shoes and tennis shoes and everything everything else. So if you're claustrophobic, you ain't going to do well in this place. <laughs> These aisles are so thin, you can barely fit two people walking down in them. And 
I don't know where this got out of my radar once upon a time when I was a child or a, you know, a young, very, very young adult. But if I needed shoes, I would go to Sears Shoe Store in Fort Oglethorpe, and they are officially closing down after 54 years. Saw it with the Times Free Press today. So, so much for me being invited and not the public when the Times Free Press rolls with it that very uh, next day. But I have a couple different brands that I buy online now, pretty much primarily, and I would always go to Sears to get Clark's shoes. And then they have more than just shoes, but not much. It's basically just shoes. And what we would call wallabies. I think that's officially what they're called. The uh, The nickname for them over the years, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, they've never changed. These uh, suede shoes, dope smokers, is what they've often been referred to as. If you are a Breaking Bad fan, Walter White. The shoes that he wore virtually the entire series, those are Clark's Wallabies. Dope smokers. They were hard to get for years. You couldn't find them just at any mall. You couldn't just buy them at any regular shoe. You couldn't go to Foot Locker and buy them. I had to go to Sears Shoe Store to get my Wallabies. And I don't wear them as much anymore. I still have a pair somewhere. But now I get them on Amazon just like anybody else. Hence why they're going out of business. And, you know, it's a little bit of a... It hurts me down... You know, down at the bottom of my heart a little bit. The Sears Shoe Store is closing up. But Levi's 527s, Converse All-Stars, and Clark's Wallabies, the dope smokers. Those three things, I know exactly what size I need, and they fit every time. And so I don't need a store to go buy them anymore. I just buy them on Amazon or wherever else. Classic American brands, Converse, Clark's, and Levi's. Goes along with classic American racism. Just spent a lot of time on in the middle segment of the show. If you missed any of that, go back and download the podcast at stoneonair.com. You can hear all that. And that's all I got. I'm done. 58 Highway. Watch out. A mess near the food city. And that's it. I'm Brian. He's Keon. Keon will close out the rest of the morning with you. Coming up next.